Ashland High School, class of 1989. Welcome to the official 35th annual reunion podcast, where we talk all things reunion. And now, here's your host, Brian Kirk. Thank you, Devin. Welcome to the pre-reunion countdown podcast for Richard High School's class of 89. This is Brian Kirk. And today is February 3rd, 2024. We are just 24 weeks away from our 35th reunion. And in today's episode, we will sit down with fellow alumni, David Bradley Ford, and discuss the upcoming reunion. And David will share some memories from high school and previous reunions. We're also gonna check in with Karen Laird Knox. She's going to provide us with an update on the reunion. So stay tuned for that. But first, a man who needs little introduction our very own DBF, David Bradley Ford. Hello, David. Thanks so much for joining us today. Howdy, Brian. It's great to be here. You know, I really, really love the podcast that uh, you did with Snow last time. It was great to hear from her. Um, She's one of the bright stars of our class of 89, and uh, it's always good to hear uh, Snow talk. Oh, yeah. Well, we all love Snow. She helped kick off the very first episode. If you haven't heard that one yet, go back and listen to episode one. Yeah, I bet Snow is actually listening right now, especially to hear from you, David. We're all going to get to hear from you in July at the reunion again. And I'm sure David, barring any major poker tournament invitations you might get, I'm sure you're going to be at the reunion front and center. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most about that? Oh, yeah, I will definitely uh, be at the reunion. Um, I actually am planning on being in the World Series of Poker Tournament prior to the reunion, but it does end two days before, so I should be able to get back just in the nick of time with my 12 or $13 million that I won. If I do win it all, the entire reunion is on DBF. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so all kidding aside, I am looking forward to being there. Obviously, Facebook is big. You know, we can all keep up with each other on Facebook. But I would say it's got to be the reunions that have been the glue that have held this class together. It's a very unique class in that many of us have remained friends and actually hang out with each other on a regular basis. I mean, 35 years after you graduate high school. And I don't think that would have happened without these reunions that we've been having, especially the last one, the 30th and, and the 25th before a sneaky peek. You know, that brought together a group of people that are still friends to this day and still hang out on a regular basis. Yeah, you talk about those reunions. I know you were there. I wish I could have gone to all of those too. It's hard to do that when I live here in Ohio, but I'll be there for the one in July for sure. And it's going to be great to be able to reconnect with everyone. And David, you're, you've always done a good job of staying connected with 89ers. And of course, from some um, former students from other classes too, like 88 and things like that. So aside from that, what else have you been doing that's been keeping you so busy? Well, it's actually been, especially the last month, it's been um, extremely busy. Most of y'all who know me well know that I've been in the recruiting field with the, the judge group for the past 17 years. But at the end of last year, I made a decision to part ways with the judge group and start my own company, DBF Resources. It's partly recruiting, partly working with candidates on mentoring and training. I'm going to be doing some webinars to teach people how to build resumes, interviewing techniques, salary negotiation, you know, those types of things. And I'm also doing some other things with that for fun. I'm doing some videos on Facebook. Some of you may have seen Ask DBF or DBF Gets Political. I've got a whole line of videos that I plan to be uh, releasing on Facebook just for fun. But the thing that I'm actually most excited about is I'm doing one called Meet DBF's Friends. Basically, we do a 90-minute commercial about your thing, whether it's uh, 
your business, your charity, you love to play pickleball and you want everybody else to love pickleball and join your pickleball league, you know, we're going to do a video and we're going to share it out on network so everybody can learn about your thing. And something I should be doing free of charge, but just kind of for fun so we can all just kind of pump each other up and share each other's things. But starting this business, it's given me um, an opportunity to do a lot of creative things, you know, like that, that I've wanted to do. Um, some of y'all know that uh, last spring I had the opportunity to do some background extracting on a TV series called The Chosen. For those of you who don't, don't know who it is or what that is, um, it's a TV show about Jesus. Um, it's in its fourth season, which is actually, um, it's already in theaters. And from what I'm told, my face shows up pretty regularly in there. I looked at some of the trailers and my face shows up ever so briefly in the trailers. So, you know, I'm no Drew Mauser, of course, but uh, I'll be up there. So. Uh, <laughs> so I've been doing that. And I actually just recently uh, was cast in a new TV series called Landman. It's going to start filming here in a couple of weeks. And it's about the West Texas oil field. It stars a uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob but, uh, Thornton. Yeah, those are, famous those, for like Sling Blade and um, the NASA guy in Armageddon. Yes, the NASA guy in Armageddon. That's actually honestly what I remember him most from was that movie, oddly <laughs> enough. But uh, but yeah, Sling Blade. And um, I do know that I'm actually going to be in a scene with him, which is to say I'll be in the same room as him. So I don't know that I'll actually ever get, we'll get to meet him or be close enough to him to get any kind of pictures or anything like that. Oh, but I David, promise me if you do that, walk up to him and say, would you like some mustard on your biscuits? <laughs> My brother made the same exact joke. <laughs> One thing that was mentioned in the podcast we did with Snow a couple weeks ago is the uh, the reference to cheese balls. I'm I'm really curious to hear about this because I did not get to go to the last reunion. And a lot of our uh, 89ers did get to go, but not everybody did. So for those who didn't get to go or those that want to hear more about it, what can you tell us? about cheese balls okay so karen wanted me to clear up a few things because we've seen some a little bit of confusion about what actually constitutes a cheese ball or a cheese puff uh several of the 89ers have actually posted chief puff memes as opposed to cheese ball memes on our page so we wanted to clear up some uh, misconceptions so Cheese puffs refers to any cheese-flavored puffcorn snack items, regardless of the shape or concentrated awesomeness. Cheese balls are a subset of that group. They're a member of the cheese puff family, but they are specifically round. They are a puffcorn snack coated with a mixture of cheese or cheese-flavored powders. They're manufactured by extruding heated corn dough through a die that forms a rounded ball shape. It contains that concentrated awesomeness. Now, there are many types of cheese puffs, but none contain the same concentrated power and, well, aura that the Richland High School class of 89 represents. Now, the cheese ball was invented in 1939, 60 years before the class of 89 would graduate, and 90 years before they would become the fuel of the 30-year reunion. Now, cheese ball can also refer to any member of the Richland High School class of 89, as depicted in the DBF Save the Date 35th Reunion promo video where you see the date was spelled out in cheese balls. That was a great video. And that, of course, one of the reasons I got my calendar out and put on there July 20th. Speaking of the previous reunion, David, the 30th reunion. So how did cheese balls make their appearance there in that reunion? Well, there's quite a long story behind that. So the, the 30th reunion was a phenomenon. Now, I'll say the 25th. You were at the 25th, I believe. Uh, 25th was great. We had it at Sneaky Peach. It's a lot of mm -hmm. fun. We stayed there late. We went to the bar after the official reunion was over and closed the place down. We had a great time, and we had a great time the night before at the, uh, the icebreaker. It was a really great time. But there was something really 
different about the 30th reunion. I, I would even go as far as to say it was a phenomenon. I mean, we had 225 people uh, show up and it was amazing wow. time of reconnecting, great conversation, the best music ever. It was just a night filled with general class of 89 shenanigans and uh, the reunion itself, uh, you know, at the country club ended with an epic closing dance party, which I took a video of and I'll post the video on our Facebook page again. But the party didn't end there. No, not at all. Many of us took the party back to Snow White Suite, much to the chagrin of the Marriott. But we had a special guest. A giant tub of cheese balls had somehow made it from the country club over to the hotel. Now, there are many theories as to how that actually happened, but only I know the truth. More on that later. But the point is, somehow this glorious tub of puffed, cheesy, corny goodness was our sole source of sustenance as we carried the party into the wee hours of the morning. Ultimately, the power of the cheese balls proved to be too much for the kind, hardworking folks at the Marriott and probably the neighbors on either side of uh, Snow Sweet, and we were politely asked to terminate our revelry. Undoubtedly recognizing our embodiment of the power of the cheese ball, they escorted us to the outside patio and allowed us to continue to revel until the break of dawn. Except for Ty Ramsey, class of 88, who fell asleep in his chair sometime around 4 a.m., no doubt he failed to eat enough cheese balls, a mistake I'm certain he will not be making this time around. So there are many individual stories of the cheese balls surfacing weeks later in automobiles, people's luggage, couch cushions, even belly buttons, if you can believe that. Only a few of these stories have been confirmed, and, well, the rest of them belong to legend. So, David, earlier you said that the tub of cheese balls kind of just mysteriously showed up. Can you tell us more about how... You think that that tub of cheese balls showed up in Snow Sweet? Brian, I can not only tell you how I think it happened, I can tell you how I know it happened. So I'm the only one who has this information, but I am about to share it with all the cheese balls in the class of 89. So here it goes. So there are many stories floating around, most of them fallacious, about how the cheese balls actually made it from the country club to Snow Sweet. Some say it was just the power of the cheese balls and it magically operated there. Now, I'm a big believer in the power of cheese balls, but come on, even I don't buy that. That's that's kind of ridiculous. But <laughs> uh, someone would have certainly seen the glowing tub of cheesy goodness disappearing at the country club and reappearing in Snow's room. I mean, somebody would have witnessed that. Um, probably the most popular one out there, this was perpetrated by uh, none other than Jonathan Hunter, but... Uh, Jonathan is often claimed credit for transporting this tub of delicious, cheesy goodness. Uh, he even produced a photograph of him with the cheese balls, but this has been widely debunked as mediocre photographic fakery. But I have actually obtained real photographic evidence that Gene Madden and a band of conspirators from the classes of 89 and 88, among them Benny Davis, Ty Ramsey, Chris and Melissa Collins, Tammy Fleming, maybe a few others, transported these spherical puffs of sustenance via a large black SUV. I'll post this picture as proof, but I think what this will prove it once and for all. It'll end all of the conspiracy theories, all of the mystery surrounding this. But G Madden and company are the ones that are responsible for getting the cheese puffs over to Snow Sweet. So do you think there's a chance that we could probably see some more cheese balls at the 35th reunion? Oh, undoubtedly, and probably in ways that you can't even imagine. They're, they're going to be there in many forms. We've discussed a lot of different possibilities that we might even have a cheese ball shot at the bar. You never know, but uh, you, you can you can expect to see the cheese balls showing up. 
uh, at this uh, reunion in one form or another. So, but it's a symbol of what a great class this is. We're fun, we're cheesy, we stay closer than just about any high school class out there. So if you're on the fence about going to the reunion, maybe you've never been to a reunion before and you don't think you would fit in, I can tell you that's not the case. There were many first time goers last time that came and had a great time. And there's now part of, you know, our regular group of uh, people who, uh, you know, hang out together and keep up with each other. And there's people that uh, have never been before that saw videos and pictures from the previous class reunion and said, please have a 35th reunion. I don't want to miss this one. I, I can say, you know, whether you've been to them all, whether you've only been to a couple of them or none of them. Don't miss this one. This is going to be the best one yet. The 30th was amazing. The 35th is going to be epic. It's at a, uh, a restaurant close to the ballpark called Hearsay, and it is a uh, 20s speakeasy style restaurant. Their color theme is already red and blue, which is half the reason we picked it, so we don't have to decorate. But it's an amazing venue. Um, it's got a patio. It's free cigar smokers. It's got a walk-in humidor. Uh, you know, it's going to be mostly for us to socialize, but we're going to have a lot of great music. You know, mostly 80s music, but we're going to throw in some 70s music. We're going to throw in a little bit of modern day music, uh, whatever that might be. I might have to check with my son on that uh, on that front so we can get a get a song list. But it's going to be an amazing time. And don't miss this one. It's it's going to be epic. I'm looking forward to be able to reconnect with those that I cared so much about before when I was at high school and and to uh, build new memories and things like that, too. But speaking of the reunion, we're going to go live right now to one of the people on the committee, Karen Laird Knox. Karen's going to give us an important update about the reunion. So Karen, thanks so much for joining us. What exciting news do you have to share with us today? Well, hey, Brian, we are now just under six months until our 35th reunion. It's kind of hard to believe that little committee has been able to do as much as we've done uh, over the last six months. We always plan these things a year in advance. So I could say one of the things you can do now to prepare, first of all, buy your advance ticket for $65. We've had the PayPal link up on the alumni page and it's going to be posted with this podcast and it has been posted with the last podcast, but we do need you to get your tickets. That way we can gauge how many people are going to be coming to our great event. We've researched the hotels in Arlington and the price range goes from about $889 a night all the way to $192 a night. I can say right in the middle is the Sheraton, and that was recommended by Wanda Lodes-Cox. Uh, she says the service there is great, so if you want something in the middle, that would be a great place to pick. If you uh, want to be close to Reunion, uh, you want to go with Lowe's, either the Live Lowe's or Lowe's Arlington, either one. Lowe's Arlington is about $299 a night, same company as Lowe's Live. So those are more like rooms. And then live by Lowe's or Suites. So depending on who you're planning on partying with for reunion, it might help you decide where you want to stay. Another choice would be Verbo or Airbnb. I did look at a few that are in that area, and they kind of start around $100 a night. That's always a great option if that's something you'd rather do. So I recommend that you look into these places now. Start looking into it. Decide who you're going to room with. And you're not going to want to worry about parking in the entertainment district during that weekend. So I recommend Ubering. There is going to be a valet if you do drive. We do not know 
what the price is going to be for the valet. So I, I just recommend either getting dropped off, Ubering. Uh, you can check into that as well, but I would definitely have a plan on that. All right. Thank you, Karen. We'll have to have you back in our next episode to hear more about the reunion. Now, David, in each of these episodes, we would like to play a game of what was happening on this date in 1989. So today being February 3rd, we're going to look back and see what was happening on February 3rd, 1989. Okay, so okay. before you do that, I would like to get my denim jacket, my Guns N' Roses t-shirt, <laughs> and my acid wash jeans with the rolled up cuffs on. And I've already got a little bit of a mullet going on right now, so I, I think I'm ready now. Rock on, let's do it. So February 3rd, we had three movies come out of the theaters. One of them was Who is Harry Crumb with John Candy. And Annie Potts. Of course, Annie Potts from Ghostbusters. And of course, John Candy. David, what was your favorite John Candy movie? That was probably, has to be Playing Strains and Automobiles. Oh, good choice. <laughs> oh, I love that one. Also showing at the theaters that weekend, Her Alibi, starring Tom Selleck. Magnum P.I., of course. Yeah. How many guys try to grow a mustache like that guy? And then oh, they realize, yeah, I tried, but I, yeah, back not, then, now, now I can't get rid of my facial hair, but back then, I tried to grow a mustache? No way. Oh. No, not many people can pull it off. And then the third movie that opened that weekend, Three Fugitives with Nick Nolte and Martin Short. Nick Nolte and Martin Short. Yeah, no, I, I mostly remember Nick Nolte from the 48-hour uh, movies uh, with uh, Eddie Murphy. Probably kind of a movie you probably couldn't do today, but it was uh, typical <laughs> of your uh, you know 80s uh, buddy cop movies um, and all that. And Martin Short, uh, but I remember him. Do you remember the movie Enter Space? Inner space. But yeah. So that's actually what I remember Martin Short mostly uh, from. And, uh, but, uh, you know, he was, he was, he was very delightful. Yeah. That. that was a good one. Yeah. So, David, that's what was playing in the movie theaters. Let's go to you now for sports. Well, Brian, in sports, the Dallas Mavericks defeated the Phoenix Suns at Reunion Arena. If you remember Reunion Arena, 121 to 117, uh, Mark Aguirre was the leading uh, points getter with 36 points. And in weather that day, the temperature dropped over 30 degrees in just five hours. Don't know if you remember this, but we had several days of far below freezing temps and schools were even closed all week, even though we didn't have any snow or ice. All and gave us more time to listen to radio stations like Q102 or 97.1 The Eagle. And back then we were listening to these top five songs of the week of February 3rd. Number five, Tone Loke, Wild Thing. And moving up in the charts to number four that week, Bon Jovi's Born to Be My Baby. I'm not going to sing it for you, but maybe it'll play at the reunion. I might dance it for you. But number three, White Lion with When the Children Cry. And number two, Paula Abdul's first top hit, which eventually went to number one. But this week was number two. And of course, it also had six MTV nominations for video. Of course, back when they showed videos, which I miss those days too. But that song was... Straight up. And number one, a band from Canada. They originally released this song in 1983. And it was re-released again in November of 88. Sheriff, When I'm With You. Do you remember that song, David? Barely. <laughs> yes, but I do remember it. Well, I'll see what I can do about getting it on the playlist for the reunion then. I mean, the number one song, you know, from that time uh, definitely needs to be on the playlist. Definitely. So. At least number one song for February 3rd of 1989. Yes. So, yeah. So, David, 
if we weren't listening to the radio, we might have been watching TV. So what were the top shows this week in 1989? Yeah, well, I definitely remember the Thursday night lineup. Um, you wouldn't even have to tell me this one. But uh, the top TV shows, I mean, the Thursday night lineup, Cosby Show, Cheers, and A Different World. But in addition to that, the top shows around this time in 1989 um, included Lonesome Dove, had 44 million viewers. Uh, that's incredible, especially when you think about nothing gets that type of viewership today, except for, you know, maybe NFL football games. But, you know, no TV show is getting 44 million viewers these days. Uh, there was mm. a Barbara Walters special where uh, Barbara Walters interviewed a couple of rising stars. You might have heard of them. One of them is Tom Hanks, who had actually <laughs> just did the movie Big, if you can believe it. Tom Hanks. It's weird to think of him as a rising star. I know. He's an icon now. I mean, he's probably the greatest um, actor of our generation. Um, and uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, I remember watching him on like uh, Bosom Buddies, you know, in those shows. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten <laughs> about that show. <laughs> yeah. With uh, Peter Scolari. Bosom Buddies. And yeah. Then, uh, he had that movie Splash, and um, he was a huge splash in that, and his uh, career took off. Oh, yeah. So. One other show on TV around February 3rd of 89 was the American Music Awards, the AMAs. And I'm going to go through a few of these categories, David. I'm going to see if you can pick the winner after I say what category it was. So let's start with uh, Best Soul R&B Album. George Michael won for Faith. And now let's go to Best Male Artist. Who do you think won between George Michael, Michael Jackson, or Bobby Brown. Oh, it had to be Michael Jackson. I know you think so, right? But Am I wrong? It was George Michael. Oh, really? I know everyone in the audience right now listening to this podcast going, "No, come on." They're, I mean, they're both good for sure, but yeah, George Michael won Best Male Artist. Now let's go to Best Female Artist. The nominees were Tracy Chapman, Debbie Gibson, or Whitney Houston. Well, I'm going to go with Whitney Houston. Because that has to be it, that I was wrong about the one before. So, But I'm, I'll stick with Whitney Houston. And you're correct. Uh, yes, Whitney Houston, you're correct. That's right. Good. Let's look over the, the country charts now. So for the category's best male country artists. The nominees are Hank Williams Jr., George Strait, or Randy Travis. Ooh, I was never much of a huge country fan. But I'm. let's go with... Um, Hank Williams Jr. Oh, you know what? He's legendary for sure. Um, there's not and there's not going to be anyone like him ever again. And you think George Strait, yeah, he's still selling out arenas. So he's probably the winner, right? But no, it was actually Randy Travis. Really? Yeah, I wow. know. So best female country artist. Now the nominees were Roseanne Cash, Tammy Tucker, or Reba McIntyre. I was hoping Reba would be one of the choices because she was my uh, sister's favorite uh, country artist. So I'm going to go with Reba McIntyre. Yep. Reba beat Tanya and Roseanne Cash. Crazy. I know. For best country group, I'll just go ahead and say this one. Alabama, they beat the Oak Ridge Boys and the Judds. No, I would have gotten that one right, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Every time I think of the Judds, I don't know. I've got a memory from original high school. I remember going to a talent show we did. And I remember, I think it was Lori Harris and Trisha Harrison singing, Grandpa, tell us about the good old days. Now, if they're listening, I hope that they have a recording that's somewhere. Maybe they could bring it with them to the reunion. But uh, good memory there. Best rap artist. Do you remember a group named DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince? It's kind of hard to forget that, <laughs> especially <laughs> uh, with the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I know. They beat Salt and Peppa and Run DMC for Best Rap Artist. Best 
pop rock single went to one of my favorite 80s songs, Baby Years Do, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. One of my favorites. One oh, my yeah. Favorites. That's definitely going to be at the reunion. It's got to be. This is a good one here. This is probably going to bring back a lot of good memories. Best pop rock album. The nominees are Hysteria. Of course, that's Def Leppard. Faith by George Michael. And the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Oh, so... I'm I'm not gonna pick my choice because I I think I know what it is. It's got to be the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. You're correct. It is. Yeah. yeah. Best heavy metal hard rock album. These are great albums. We probably bought these in our Columbia house where you get ten for a penny, right? Um, right, and then you never pay for the remaining uh, yeah nine. <laughs> That's right. So we'll probably many many of us have Hysteria or OU812 or Appetite for Destruction. Which one do you think won? In 1989 for best heavy metal hard rock album. I'm going to say Appetite for Destruction. It was actually Def Leppard's Hysteria. Mm. One over OU812. Yeah. Of course, that's Van Halen. And then Appetite for Destruction. Okay. And the last one, then we'll move on here, is the best new artist. The nominees are Tracy Chapman, Taylor Dane, wow. or Rick Astley. Oh, wow. <laughs> Those aren't new artists. They've been around for 35 years. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane is a good guess, but it was actually Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. Of course, Tracy Chapman's song was re-recorded last year, too. So, good songs. So, David, it's fun to see what we're doing this date in 1989. Does it bring back any good memories for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of things are kind of springing up in, in my head that uh, I hadn't even thought of until we actually, you know, started talking um, here. But yeah, I mean, my, most of my high school memories kind of revolve around two different groups. Uh, one was the youth group I grew up with in church, which was a bunch of Richland High School 89ers, but also a bunch of Haltom uh, 89ers. They kind of formed our, our core group there. And then um, I had a lot of, uh, I was in the band for uh, most of my high school. So um, my uh Social scene in high school um, often revolved around uh, other members of the band. So, you know, most most of my memories revolve around that. But I mean, you know, specifically with school, you know, in the, obviously band camp in the in the summertime, uh, you know, going to the football games with the band, after parties with the band, you know, homecoming, uh, you know, the homecoming night dinners that usually at J.P. McCord's or. Olive Garden, you know, because those were the gold standard for, uh, you know, dating restaurants when you're in high school, um, <laughs> you know, or uh, going to Tippins afterwards for pie. All these memories, uh, you know, come flooding back uh, when, when we start talking about all this stuff. Yeah, thanks, David, for sharing those memories. Going back to the reunion, we couldn't do this reunion as big as it's going to be without the help of many of our sponsors. And today, David, which sponsor can we say thank you to in this episode? Well, today we would like to thank our sponsor, fellow alums, Kevin and Michelle Mayo Davis uh, with Kowser Tire in Fort Worth. If you need an oil change, brake repairs, car battery, tire rotations, balancing, alignments, new tires, whatever you need. They even also work on RVs. You reach out to them. Uh, they're located uh, in Fort Worth. So uh, please help us. Uh, thank Kevin and Michelle for showing their support. And uh, let's sell them some business. And uh, let's see, they are off of Northeast Loop 820 uh, near the uh, Mark IV Parkway. Thanks so much to Kevin and Michelle for your sponsorship. And this has been a great podcast, David. Thank you so much for joining us. And it's going to be great to see you again at the reunion. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Uh, I am really looking forward to it. And I am definitely looking forward to seeing all you cheese balls there. <laughs> That's great. And as a reminder, you can still lock in your tickets for our 35th reunion by visiting our Facebook page, which is the RHS Class of 89. 
There's also a link in this podcast description to the PayPal account to buy your tickets. Also, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when each new episode is released. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, or just ask Alexa. Play the pre-reunion countdown podcast. Until next time, for Richland High School's pre-reunion countdown, this is Brian Kirk.